podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast Extra. First extra of the new Premier League season. And unfortunately, Palace have lost to Huddersfield 3-0. And we will get into that very soon with my special guest. But before we do that, we've of course got a sponsor for these extra pods. And that is Miranda Jane Photography. Professional unique photography of weddings and more. Visit mirandajanephotography.co.uk. Unfortunately for Miranda, that's two points now, one draw, one defeat. I'm sure we'll get a win for her soon. So, discussing... Does she do funerals? Sorry? Does she do funerals? She might have to. She might have to soon. Um, that is the voice of Jim Piddock. Jim, welcome back to the pod. Thank you very much. How are you? Uh, I'd like to say it's a pleasure to be here, <laughs> but uh, that was a bad first day back at school, wasn't it? It wasn't great. It wasn't great. And we've also got Rob Sutherland. How are you, how are you doing, Rob? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. I thought that was really typical Palace, really. Yeah. It was, it was. Okay, so, Jim, uh, when was the last game, uh, your Palace game for you? Uh, last game, Manchester United away, end of last season. In that case, what has changed since then, and has it been for the, apart from Frank obviously coming in, but what you saw on the pitch today, what has changed, and as a result, what's gone wrong? Uh, what kind of language can I use on this? <laughs> I can bleep stuff out, it's fine. Okay, because the, the difference between the Man United away game and this was f*** all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to be honest, uh, yeah, I mean... That but was, was that what you expected, or did you expect something completely different, this new Frank revolution, or were you thinking it might be a sort of a more slower transition? No, I'd seen uh, three of the pre- pre-season games, and so we knew what, the way we were going to play, but unfortunately Huddersfield knew too. Yeah. Um, uh, and we've seen it before. You know, Alan Pardew tried it. Um, Allardyce tried it uh, for a game. Um, we're still not there. And the, the key word today is yet. Um, whether you believe it, we, we will get there or not. Is it? I mean, it's so early to say, isn't it, Rob? But is it maybe something that a system that Palace just can't play? I think you can play it if you play the right players in the positions that you're trying to play them in. Like, if you look at pre-season... Um, Ward wasn't playing at right wing back so why he played there in this game is a little bit questionable I mean I get that Townsend either got a knock or wasn't included for whatever reason but 
you then have someone like Aaron Wambisaka who's played in the right wing back role in pre in two of the preseason games. So why wasn't he chosen instead? I think Ward probably ha- it, you could see that he just wasn't suited to that role. He's not quick enough to deal with the the countering that, that Huddersfield provided. And I think two of the goals came as a result of that. I think it's just one of those things. Like it, it's typical Palace. It's it's the the home game where you expect you know you have this idea of hope. But how many games have we actually won that, that have been first game of the season? I think we've lost five, drawn three and won two. One. Since we got promoted, we've won one, which is away at Norwich, and we've lost the rest of them, which oh. is another four. Wow. Um, Jim, do we maybe just right now just not have the players to play the system? I don't think we do yet, no. And again, the key word is yet. Uh, so, you know, to be optimistic, you've got to you know, believe that this is going to be a rough... I think everybody knew it was going to be a rough couple of months trying this system. Um, but my concern is, I mean, De Boer obviously has got a great pedigree, but at Ajax he moved into a system that had been there for years, and it's, it's a philosophy of football. Um, and to change, you know, the difficulty is, do you, are you a tactician or a philosopher of football? And there's a big difference. And if he can adjust and adapt and change, and that's what I liked, I know people had their problems with him, but I liked Allardyce because he knew how to adjust and make tweaks and changes, and, and, uh, and the players responded to that. Um, so I would like to believe that he can do that, because if we just try and play the Ajax way, we'll be in trouble. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind saying that. I'm, I'm Mr. Optimism, but we, <laughs> we, we, we will be in trouble. Um, what, how long does someone like Frank get, Rob? Because... This, the Premier League is so it punishes you so so much. How long before we say, okay, maybe this this isn't working, and, and Palace only kind of play one way? It has to be a case of pragmatism. You have to kind of take the tools that you have and play them accordingly. So if we if we make two or three signings in the next couple of weeks, uh, replace the goalkeeper, maybe find a right wing back who can take that role if Townsend isn't going to, and a striker that can either substitute for Benteke or play alongside him. In that case, I would say give him as much time as he needs. But unless that happens, I think you have to. You have, the manager has to be pragmatic. You don't just... It's like when, when Harry Redknapp would go into a job and say, oh, I haven't got the players. Well, you took the job knowing full well that you didn't have the players. <laughs> yeah. like you, like it's, there's, no, there's no disguising the fact that Frank de Boer didn't know the squad that he had. Yeah. You know, the, the talk was that he interviewed really well in order to get the job. So he, he knew what the, players, what the players are. He knows what their weaknesses and qualities are. He's had a whole pre-season with them now. So it has to be a case of pragmatism. You have to play the, player, like you have to play the squad that you have. Yeah. Yeah. And if we don't do that, then that's where the problems come. So it was good that, it was good that he changed to, to four at the back when he did, because that obviously showed that we weren't quite ready to play three at the back, but it's whether he does that in the next couple of games as well. Am I, am I being totally too harsh, uh, Jim, or did Frank just underestimate how hard the Premier League is, even against someone like Huddersfield? I don't think he underestimated it, no. And I, I don't think the players underestimated it. But they knew, they came with a very clear game plan of what, how to play against this system. And we've done it. We've done it before. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. You know, and they were, but on the ball, they looked more comfortable. That was what was worrying to me. Not our defensive frailties, which were there for clear to everyone to see. But was when we had the ball... For, for this transition into possession football, that was the most disappointing for me. I thought we looked very fractured. And, and Loftus-Cheek was the one big bright side on this. You know, yeah. He was terrific. Um, and, and otherwise, we know what the weaknesses are. You know, we need a new goalkeeper. I love Wayne, and he's a terrific guy. 
But I, I was sitting next to Maxie Jazz during the game, and I said, Wayne Hennessy is bad for my sphincter, because every, t- every time he gets the ball. And then Maxie turned around and said, thank you, I've got the title of my new album. <laughs> and I thought, that's, that's at least some good's come out of this game. That made me laugh. Um, but, you know, uh, it's, it's just, we need a goalkeeper. We need, um, we need another striker, clearly, yeah. as an alternate game plan much, as much as anything else. And to take the, the, the burden off Benteke. Well, was Huddersfield in a way, because Frank was there last year in the way, is Huddersfield a dream first game for you? In a way, were they kind of actually the worst kind of opponent Palace could have come up against today? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think, you know, Man City's one end of the spectrum and Huddersfield's the other because a team that's come up, you know, is always tough. And then they're coming up for the playoffs. And I saw them in the playoffs and they looked really tough. They, they really did. They were not favoured to win that. And they, they're very, very professional. And he's a fantastic manager. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, it would have been better to have Stoke at home or, 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 or actually, for us, an away game probably would yes. be better, you know, yeah. to, to cut our teeth. Yeah. Um, OK, so Jim uh, touched on Loftus-Cheek there, who was by far Palace's best player today, absolutely. But what about the other two new guys in the team? So, Riedeveld and, and Fossey Mensah, what did you make of them, Rob? I thought it was interesting with Riedeveld when he, he's... He tried to. He, he played the ball back a couple of times, and Palace fans got quite irate about that. And I thought it was interesting because when you play football, you're told play the way you're facing. And he was obviously bear in mind that Huddersfield were pressing a lot, like they had a really serious high pressing game. So he didn't know who was behind him. He was not going to take a, take too many touches, but and he knocked it back. And I thought he, he did okay. I thought Fossey Mensah was good as well, but you could obviously see that he wasn't fit. Like he, he he's the kind of player that you bring in for. 70 minutes and take off but at that point by that stage we were 2-0 down if you'd have decided to make that decision maybe I don't know maybe bring on someone else who could play a bit further upfield rather than I thought the other thing that was really obvious to me was that Wilf got a knock late in the like early in the second half and from that point on he just seemed it seemed like he wanted to come off mm. and in that, in that case I'd have brought on the kilo at least and, and just, just get, the, get them a little bit Talking about knocks, I mean, uh, Luca went off at half time yeah. after being having forty five minutes was being side down by Huddersfield was players. He injured? Well, he, he was he was limping, wasn't he? he looked like he was limping. Uh, yeah, I think he got chopped, but you know, he he looked rusty. He hasn't played in midfield since last season, really. Yeah. So, and I thought he had a poor first half, um, and he's one of my favourite players. Yeah. But I thought, you know, the the dream combination should be him and Ruben Loftus Cheek. That should be a dream central midfield. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't it didn't gel for whatever reason. I think Luca just needs some time there. Um, that, I was just puzzled by the lineup because we've played a certain sort of lineup through these friendlies, yeah. and then suddenly a guy who arrived two days ago is playing, and yeah. Ward, who hasn't played a single, you know really started is suddenly playing and you're going well hang on a minute what, what's this about uh, yeah. um, you'd have almost taken Luca at centre back just for this game and for next week because yeah. of what happened in pre-season from continuity yeah. absolutely so that was puzzling and then the substitutions I mean Luca, we don't know why but I mean Tompkins in for Fosu Mensa as I, as I said, uh, who was just finding his feet and he maybe he's not fit but he, he really looked good and made a game you know goal saving tackle yeah, yeah. and you're thinking we're 2-0 down yeah. Why are you doing this? And then, of course, we gave up another goal within 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to knock a manager in his first game, but I, I, it really had me scratching my head. Yeah, we did have quite a few chances, though, didn't we? Dan knocked a couple over in the second half. Benteke nearly got on the end of one, had a header saved as well. So, on another day, you know, we played Leicester down here last season and we got a couple of early goals and we're back in it. So, we weren't totally out of it, were we? 
No, not at all. I think that there there are a few positives you can take from it, and, and building blocks you can have you can put towards next the next game. Um, but it, it, I think it's fair enough for Palace fans to be a little bit concerned because you would have expected better. Okay, well, speaking of which then, uh, let's hear what Frank said in his post-match press conference um, after today's defeat to Huddersfield. Can I ask you, Frank, was it a harsh lesson into the introduction of the Premier League? (laughs) You can call it. Uh, of course, uh, it's a very false start for everybody. Uh, everybody had a different uh, view on that, of course, uh, to, uh, to start like this, but uh, to start off like this. Um, nobody expected it, of course. Uh, it's a yeah, very hard lesson for everybody, for me, staff, players. Uh, because, uh, especially... Uh, on the highest level, uh, football will always decide a lot of times with details. And uh, I think we we lost the game in 50 minutes. Uh, we started quite well, I think. And then after 10 minutes, uh, yeah, we made the wrong choices and uh, we were pulled back. And from there, uh, they get a corner and, uh, and they were... T- uh, they were the team who had the most uh, opportunities at that moment, but it was just of making the wrong decisions at that moment, in my point of view. So, and after 50 minutes, uh, they understand, you know, we, we had trained on that, and we did exactly what we supposed to do at that moment, and then we had the control of the game again, and we created our chances. And just until the, the 3-0, yeah, we were very close a lot of times to make the, the 2-1. And I think if we make the 2-1 then, or the 1-2, then I have a very big confidence that we're going to at least get a point out of here. But, uh, you take risk, of course. But I saw some very good things, but uh, yeah, we have to understand that a game doesn't last 75 minutes. It's uh, maybe 95 or 98 minutes. And if you just in those 50 minutes don't do what the game asks from you to do at that moment, uh, yeah, you get punished, and uh, we get punished hard for, uh, from uh, Huddersfield. And it's a good compliment for Huddersfield because they, we knew that they play like this, and uh, and at the end, you know, when you win 3-0, you deserve to win. And uh, for, again, a compliment to Huddersfield. Frank, did your team have enough desire today, do you think? It looked to me like Huddersfield uh, came right from the kickoff and uh, wanted the game more than Palace. No, I don't agree on that. But uh, I think they, we started quite well. I think there are two uh, dangerous moments on our left side. And after that, you know, they, they, they pressed us, yes. And, but yeah, then you have to make the right decisions at that moment. And, and in my point of view, we didn't do that. And then looks that they had more aggression. But after the, the 50 minutes, I think we showed that also we had the aggression. But again, when you then two 0 down, it's very hard, you know, against a very organised team uh, yeah, to get back in the game. Any other questions? 
Frank, you said um, that wasn't what you were expecting. Was there anything about Huddersfield or English football that surprised you? No, not at all. I think they, they played as we uh, were expected. We analysed them well, we showed the, the players well. And it was exactly what they uh, what they showed in the last season, but also in the, in the pre-matches they played. So there was no uh, surprise. But, yeah, we didn't uh, do at that moment what we uh, sh what we normally uh, should have done. So then again, and at that moment they punish you uh, yeah, right at that right time. And yeah, normally sometimes you're gonna escape on on that, but. Yeah, we didn't, and then yeah, you, you're running uh, down the score. As, I don't know how you call it. You're two 0 down, and then it's of course you know every team is very good organized, and yeah, t uh, if you make a quick uh, uh, goal, then yeah, the, the crowd's coming behind you. You get the energy, maybe back again. Yeah, when you're two 0 down, of course it's uh, it's a big blow for everybody at that moment. Right, that was Frank there being fairly sort of honest, but, but finding some positives, Jim. Um, but my question to you... Oh, actually, before we do that, of course, uh, we've got our sponsors for the uh, FYP Extra Pods, which is Miranda Jane Photography, professional, unique photography of weddings and more. Visit mirandajanephotography.co.uk. Um, Jim, what, and you've got as much time as you want for this question, did Frank de Boer learn today? Um, I think he, he learned that he's going to have to be tactically more astute. Um, he was outthought, and uh, that was from, from really almost minute one. And if he believes that we lost it in the first 15 minutes, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough learning curve. And to be honest with you, um, you know, again, it's hard to be too positive, but we could have been 4-0 down at halftime. I mean, we did create chances, uh, but uh, Wilf certainly had two great chances. But they could have scored four goals. Um, Ward made that great yeah. last-ditch tackle. Ward made a great tackle. And there's, in the second half, and they, they, one of their guys missed a really easy header that I thought was going to be 3-0. Um, you know, it's tough, but it's, it's a tough league. And, you know, he's, it's baptism of fire. I mean, Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it was more than fire. It was baptism of Armageddon, in a way. Yeah. Um, do you agree with Frank? Rob, that it was just too many mistakes early on and, and that was it? And that actually after that, Palace sort of got a bit better? I think there was a nervousness that, that after we went two goals down, you could see that there was that kind of uh, hesitancy to, to do what they'd done in pre-season games, which was to try and take the, the game to, uh, to the opponents. Um, I think if you're, if you're going to put the focus on someone like Ruben Loftus-Cheek then you have to have you have to ensure that the players around him are supporting him mm -hmm. like he was the only driving force in our midfield especially in the second half he really was was direct and, and, and perfect for that but it's 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 all well and good saying it's it's in you know it's errors that cost you but this is this is kind of the work that you're supposed to iron this is what you're ironing out in pre-season this is so the players know their system they know what their responsibilities are and then you end up with set like set pieces. We 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 seem to be playing a zonal marking system, which I don't think that works in English football. 
it just doesn't seem to work. Like you look at Arsenal yesterday, conceded I think one or two goals from set pieces. It's it's one of those systems where man marking seems to be a better system, especially when you've got someone like Scott Dan in the in the middle, who is a a very good defender, but he's also quite a typically English, you know, centre back. You're not asking him to do too many intricate things, and I think he was partly exposed as well in this game. Jim, what? Positives. <laughs> Can we take from today? Well, apart from Ruben uh, lost his cheek, um, I actually thought Punchin had a, had a pretty good first oh, okay. half. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I worry about him in the last year, but I thought that he stepped it up, and I thought he actually had a decent first half. Um, I don't agree with De Boer that we, it was just the 15, first 15 minutes. I thought in the second half we never really looked up for it. Um, why, why do you think that was? Um, I have no idea. I, you know, I, I'm, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I, I, the positives that I saw were, uh, clearly we have a great central midfielder, a young central midfielder. Um, I think Wilf will, will have, you know, his days. Um, I'm worried about Bentaki, but he's always a slow starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought Scott Dan had a terrific game, Mag, to be honest. Uh, I, I thought that he did some really nice kind of tricky things on the ground too. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's tough to, to, to find the positives, you know. Uh, even for you? Even for me, yeah. Where's Jordan Much when you need him? Um, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's, it is hard. I mean, it, who could you say had a, had a, a, a really good game other than uh, Loftus-Cheek? Okay, we're just picking up on something you said earlier about, about uh, it should be Luca and Loftus-Cheek in the middle. But uh, where does that leave Punch? Because in your opinion, he actually did okay today. What do you do there? Well, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. I mean, do you play him as the third forward if you're playing three at the front? Uh, because he can pop in with goals. Um, I know you asked me what, for positives, but uh, and this is, again, unusual for me, but I haven't seen from Patrick Van Arnholt what I should be getting. or Not I, but we should be getting. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it. I mean, again, he, he's a guy who can pop up with goals, but... He didn't look particularly interesting going forward. He's not particularly good defensively. Um, and he didn't look like a great wing-back. So I'm not sure. I mean, I would have put Jeffrey Schlupp in there yeah. as an alternative. On, based on today, I would drop him. Um, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, uh, I thought the new, the new guys at the back looked all right. But the system let them down. Were you as frustrated, or were you one of these fans who was frustrated when they were playing it back to the keeper and knocking it back? Because a lot of Palace fans seem to get a bit irate at that. I, I personally think if you want to recycle possession and play the way you're facing, that's fine. But were you the same, or, or were you just appreciating that's kind of the way things are going to be now at the back? Well, if I see Man City, Chelsea, or, or Arsenal do that, I, I like, okay, I know why they're doing that, and they'll get it forward, and I don't have the faith that we can. And we couldn't. We got pinned back, you know, and, and Wayne Hennessy in the end kind of just gave up trying to throw it out quickly. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the speed with which you, you do that. If you don't have the best technical players in the world, which we don't have, you've got to move it fast if you're going to play this way. Yeah. And we're so pedantic and predictable, as we were many times last season. I mean, if that was a performance under Pardew, there would be an absolute hue and cry right now. Yeah. We're giving De Boer some slack because it is his first game. Yeah, and quite rightly, probably, for Absolutely, now. Absolutely, completely. Uh, but, but even so, you know, there are people there that know what the problems are and what we can do and what we can't do. Um, and, and I think for most Palace fans, that was not acceptable. Oh, boy, this is a really depressing pod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be the comedy guy. 
Where do we go from here then, Rob? What, what does Frank de Boer do now? Uh, we've got two weeks of the transfer window left. Um, you, you support the manager or you tell him to make do with what, what he's got. And if he has to make do with what he's got, then he's got to, be, got to try and play uh, a system that works for all the players we have. And if you do support him, then you've got to sign the players that will make the system that he wants to play work. So, as we said before, I think he's going to have to look at maybe getting a goalkeeper. We might need another right wing back. We might need another forward. Um, you could arguably say we need another winger as well. It's one of those things. But I think you, you, you can take a lot of negatives from this. But at least I think that the, the one thing you can say is if you're going to put a, a positive tilt on this, it's that it's a hard start. But at least you know, it's something that you can learn from. You know, it's the, yeah. the lesson is right there. It's a very stark lesson that, that you can't just take the piss out of this division because it really will rip you to shreds. You know, when a team that, that was very hard and hardworking last season comes back and ends up beating us 3-0, that, that, that is the perfect wake-up call yeah. for a new manager, for all the players that have been signed. There's no excuses. Absolutely right. Okay, well, that wraps up our um, extra pod, first one of the new Premier League season. Jim, thanks for joining us. You've got a long journey back to LA now to, to think over that performance. Yeah, it'll be a long 11 hours tomorrow. <laughs> but, you know, listen, we've got a, good, a really good squad. And, and uh, as Rob says, a couple of additions. We could have a great season. It's, it's just, it was a no question. You can't sugarcoat it. It was a really disappointing start. Um, and, and there was so much positivity coming here today in the crowd everywhere. And so I think that that's really the big disappointment. And I don't want to seem like Mr. Negative, but um, oh God, we miss Fraser Campbell, don't we? <laughs> Good stuff. Well, hopefully you'll join us again when you're back in the country on, on the pod again. I'd love to. It's always fun. Top man. And Rob, thanks for being here as ever. Pleasure as always. Uh, if you enjoy the pod, let us know. Tweet us at FYP Fanzine. Um, let us know your thoughts on the game today. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash FYP Fanzine. And the full pod, the full length normal pod, will be with you in a couple of days. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, if you can, Palace fans, and we'll see you again soon. Time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Podcast Network.